Thank God it's Friday. You're listening to TGIF, the horror movie podcast that brings you all the casual conversations about your favorite or not so favorite horror movies with your host, me, Kat. This week, I am joined by a dear friend of mine and the host of the Scary Friends, Scary Friends podcast, Felipe. Welcome back. Hey, what is up? I am um, so happy to be here. My body's sweaty. That's what's up. Uh, <laughs> under that hot, hot Australian sun. It's not too hot outside. It's just hot in my room, which is fine. Uh, I'd open a window, but my neighborhood at this time is incredibly noisy. Like there's kids everywhere screaming, swearing. What time is it for you right now? Uh, 20 past one. Okay. Yeah. 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 AM. Okay. All right. Also, my neighbors at 20 past one AM also make a lot of noise. So Lovely. I can't win. Actually, speaking of, um, so the other day I got out of my car. No, yesterday morning. I was just cleaning out my car because we were going on a family trip to another family member's house. And this kid comes around on his bike pretending to jack off. And I was Wait, just what? like, you are like 12. Okay, hold on though. Well, 12, 12 year old boy, right? Yeah. That tracks. That tracks? I don't know. That tracks for me. Oh. My brother was, like the- was autistic, so never did. Well, he still is. Uh, he's yeah. still alive. So he never did things like that. So. Yeah. No, no. Um, boys between the age of like, actually, boys. I'm trying to try to find a way to put this because it's like, <laughs> when do men stop being gross? Uh, we start, we start never. being gross at like nine, <laughs> and then it's just, it's just the fucking gamble on whether or not we just mature. It's just like, <laughs> like who's around you? What are your, what are your influences? Because yeah, I mean, I'm still kind of gross. My <laughs> podcast can get kind of gross sometimes. <laughs> But, I mean, uh, I did talk about sweaty butts, so yeah. But I grew oh, up God. with boys, like uh, all of, like my sister and I are the only girls on my dad's side of the family. So all my cousins are boys, and oh. yeah, so we grew up pretty gross kids. You know, so, I mean, I'm always kind of concerned about that because I'm editing two shows right now, and there's so if you're not familiar with my show, um, Scary Friend, Scaring Friends podcast, uh, I introduce my two best friends, known them for like 15 years, to horror movies and we talk about them so it's funny because there's there's the the pre-show where we just like hey like what's up it's like okay cool this is what we're going to show you there's an intermission and then when we get back to the main show we're just all sloshed yeah <laughs> i was like i'm usually pretty drunk by the time yeah you get we're back all just the discussion. <laughs> and then like it's me sitting here sober trying to edit this show. i'm just like what in the fucking fuck hell like the, oh god there's one um episode where i just go on like yo titties are great i love titties they're awesome all kinds of titties i'm just like oh fuck i'm like fuck like do i leave that in do i take that out leave like, it in Look, i'm leaving most it of in your, most of your listeners would be like you know what true true, <laughs> true. the man is speaking in fact <laughs> This is unfiltered, factual. uncensored, just like no, nah, no, he he he's yeah, about real shit right now. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone will agree that titties are great. But I am a little bit disappointed that booty hasn't been, you know, where's where's the booty appreciation? I though? mean, booty's back. Booty has been back for a while. But he's been back since I was like 18 and I'm yeah. now 32. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah. nah, but you know, you're watching movie. Uh, you know what? different context because when we're watching films boobs are still in in films booty's not booty's not the only film i saw where i'm just like oh booty's really in you saw uncut gems no i haven't seen that yet what is that julia fox, julia fox. yes She's i know what you're talking movie. about yeah uh 
you get to see a lot of her booty and you're just like i need more booty in film more booty we need a petition yeah. petition safety the safety brothers are bringing booty back in film yeah don't sleep on booty please. <laughs> everyone please in your films we want booty boobs are great but you know yeah why not why not some booty come on come on some booty um, so today, today we're talking about a movie that you and I have been like talking about doing a podcast episode on for ages. So we're talking about a Nightmare yes. on Elm Street three. Now you've told me you have a lot to say about this movie. So I you have thoughts. I had th- I have thoughts. I mean, I still do. <laughs> this is a while, but I I still because um, when I I, I, did, I I God I remember just rewatching this. It's my favorite one in the series. Yeah. But you know, like when you forget, because especially with those old franchises, like you forget, like, why is this my favorite one? And you watch it again, you're like, oh, oh yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I, I honest three more three more years, I think is the best in the series. Yeah. Um digs in, really digs into teen angst. And that's what was interesting to me about it. I'm just like, this movie, out of all the teen movies I've seen out through throughout the 80s and stuff like that um even just like you know a lot of horror movies that feature young children um, children sorry teenagers they uh gotta recontextualize that <laughs> teenagers uh, they they kind of kind of fit a similar pattern of just like a lot of sex and parties and all that shit but dream warriors i'm just like no this this movie gets into really what it feels like to be a teenager what it feels yeah. like to be understood when your your uh authority figures aren't listening to you I'm like that resonates yeah yeah absolutely I can see it from that and also there's you know a lot of not reaching your full potential and what can you do and teenage being a teenager is not that bad things get different like you you eventually grow up you become an adult and you know I as a teenager I definitely sat in that teen angst of like what why the fuck am I here (laughs) like what's what's the point yeah, because it sucks. It's a, it's a shitty place to be because you're yeah. old enough to like be able to like now form your own ideas about the world and how you feel like things should work. But because you're still considered a kid, nobody yeah. wants to listen to you. Everyone's like, and you're an idiot. You're yeah, five. You're, it's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, and even as a teenager, you don't even know how to um, like conceptualize the fact that you have these thoughts and that they do mean something and yeah you kind of just I, I spent a lot of time just thinking you know in these thoughts of like what does that even mean why do I think that why do I feel that mm. and it's not until you're like in your mid-20s to your even late 20s that you're like oh oh when I was 17 I, I already were like oh it's the media I'm like oh fuck the- <laughs> I was like it's the media that's the media's making me, me I was already way. at like fuck the government at like, like oh, 18. Fuck all this shit <laughs> yeah it's just like <laughs> I was already in like a cab like defund the police at like 18 and I was in a criminology degree everybody so <laughs> I was like fuck the you like fuck the westernized prison system and fuck capitalism and like that was me already in my first year of uni obviously I became very uh what's the word um demoralized further and further as I got through my degree yeah oh but a little bit about Nightmare on Elm Street 3 so the film is a 1987 American I said I was about to say flasher film flasher film because it says fantasy slasher film (laughs) 
I'll just go. Let's let's make our own genre, flasher films. A flasher film. <laughs> it's directed by Chuck Russell. The story was developed by Wes Craven and Bruce Wagner and is the third installment in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise and stars Heather Lagenkamp, Patricia Arquette. Okay. So when I got this from IMDb, did you see what they've put Lawrence Fishburne's name as? Oh, he used to go by Larry, right? Yeah. Just Larry? Yeah, yeah. That's when he used to just go like, by Larry. What? It's Larry. I was like, you have such a badass name and you're going to call yourself Larry? What are you, the janitor? <laughs> I mean, he is the janitor. No, well, he wasn't a janitor in this No, film. he was a nurse. No, he was a nurse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, was, uh, yeah. yeah he was like an orderly. And the thing um, is, like, I love Lawrence Fishburne. Like, obsessed. I don't wanna... <laughs> I'm a little... Not too inebriated. I, I, I'm on Scary Friends, Scaring Friends podcast mode right now, where I'm just like that level. I just want to talk about it. yo, Lawrence Fishburne, sexy black man. Oh yeah. my god, this man, this man. You see him come up in this movie, you're like, that is a beautiful man. Beautiful man. That is a beautiful man. He is up there with like my favorite sexy men of like. So ever since I was a kid, I've had a huge crush on Denzel Washington. <laughs> Oh, I mean, like fucking massive! Like any I mean, movie wouldn't? he was in, I was like, I want to see that fucking movie. It's you know, you know, some people like Tom Hardy. I I like Denzel Washington. Yeah, like the Denzel. Yeah, but no, yeah, no. When I God, I, yeah, I remember rewatching this. I'm just like, yo, like Lawrence Fishburne. He's just still, I mean, still a great looking man by yeah. all accounts. So I'm just like, this dude. Mm, dripping yeah. dripping with with just ooh charisma and he's so young as well like um he's very young yeah because the first films i saw lawrence fishburne in was obviously the matrix the and matrix. that's where i was obsessed i was like who is this man yeah i wish he was in nightmare on elm street 3 really no <laughs> i don't know what, what no, would he do anyway. i don't know what would he do <laughs> he could be freddy cougar once i don't know i think they've made a mistake every time they haven't casted freddy cougar like robert england as freddy yeah cougar. I mean, the one time. The one time. <laughs> in, that one time. The, the one time. And honestly, he did the best that he could. It wasn't his fault. So yeah. the story begins with a young uh, Chris, Kristen Parker, who is played by Patricia Arquette. She is, I swear this woman has not aged her entire life. No, she hasn't. What and the hell? For, for whatever Vampire. reason, I thought she was the one who was married to um, Ellen DeGeneres, but it's the other actress. <laughs> Portia de Rossi. I know, I know, I know. For some reason, I got them confused. I'm like, isn't she married to Ellen DeGeneres? I was I thinking about that. I, I, I watched Stigmata recently, and I'm like, I love that, isn't that Yeah, I'm like, isn't that uh, Ellen DeGeneres' wife? And I looked, I'm like, oh no, that's the wrong woman. <laughs> wrong white lady. <laughs> I was about to say white lady blonde. Name starts yeah. with P, same thing. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, same person, <laughs> right? So we meet uh, Kristen. She's in her room creating a paper mache model of the Elm Street house, which uh, was, you know, Nancy Nancy's house uh, in the preceding films. It was also Jesse's from the Nightmare on Elm Street too, and because she's uh, had these haunting visits in her dreams where she's gone to this house. Um, as she's working, she's blasting loud music, drinking coffee. Oh no, she's actually eating coffee grounds. Yeah, I don't know. Does that car. work the same? I don't think so. Yeah, That's I was like, like, 
just make you sick because i want to because i'm like i'd start doing that if this is like if i can get that coffee high does like coffee even do anything for you i don't know i just coffee makes it. me tired <laughs> it like depends depends how, how it works with my adhd medication you know uh, it depends. okay well see i'm unmedicated so coffee okay. for me is like it puts me to sleep so oh, coffee like puts me into turbo mode oh fuck i'm so jealous she's also like, drinking uh coca-cola to keep awake how do people how how okay neurotypical people what does it feel like to be able to drink something with sugar and stay awake Kristen's mother bursts into her room, pissed off that Kristen's Kristen. I always get this mixed up. Kristen yeah. is awake, and um, we find out that Kristen has been seeing a therapist for these nightmares that she's been having. Uh, Kristen's mother is interrupted by a gentleman visitor downstairs slash guest about where is the whiskey cat, and basically her mum dismisses her and is like, "Oh, go the fuck to sleep. I'm going downstairs." I I'm sorry, guests. that that was me. <laughs> You were visiting her mom. Yeah, I was like, "Where's the whiskey? Where's the bourbon? Where the fuck? Where the fuck is the whiskey? I want top shelf because I don't have that." I want top shelf. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mom was kind of hot. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not fronting. Um, Kristen wakes up in her dream to find that her bed is just hanging out in the front yard of the Elm Street house. There are kids playing outside, singing the um the Freddy nursery rhyme that we all know as they jump rope. A little girl who is on a red tricycle is waiting on the porch of the house. And when uh, so Kristen goes to speak to her, uh, we actually, she doesn't respond. We hear the bra- the braids. Why can't I read? Reading is pretty hard, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm, I'm really grateful I have the skill to read, but why can't I do it properly? No, sometimes even like reading like comic books, I'm just like, what the fuck is this word? A lot of people Sounded with ADHD out. are also dyslexic, just so you know. Hmm. <laughs> Good to know. Isn't that fun? <laughs> it's ADHD is fun as hell. I love it. Great time. I'm so quirky all the time. My brain don't work. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> um, so we hear Freddie's blade scraping alongside the house and the little girl rides her trike inside. I don't know why Kristen follows her. That's a fucking bad idea. Uh, but she follows her, telling her not to go into the house. Yeah. But is in the house. <laughs> I, I have to say. What? Um, that if we want to like just jog back, just the opening of that dream sequence. God. This is why this is my favorite slasher series from the 80s because it's so goddamn creative and they get to do so many cool things like the the way that that you they she's into you're introduced to the fact that she's in a dream she's in bed and then the camera kind of pans out and in her bed yeah her bed is in front of the house and i'm like that is so fucking cool that is such a cool way to open that scene and yeah so you you have that like really just uh seamless transition between the awake state and the dream state yeah and it superbly just pulled off there yeah and i like that they do let us know that it is a dream you know we have lots of smoke machines and like very like the lighting is very like there's a bit it feels like the moon is really bright yeah but we we obviously don't get to see the moon but um and it feels like you know it it gives you that feeling that it is very early in the morning when you would be having a dream and when you would be, you know, 
um, experiencing a dreamlike state. So I was like, I like that. Yeah. That's like the first thing when I when I did my rewatch. I'm like, oh, I'm like, this Chuck Russell knows what he's doing with the camera right now. He they, they yeah. knew he knew exactly how he wanted to get us into this. And yeah, good job, sir. Absolutely. Um, so Kristen is following the girl through the house and uh, they get to a boiler, they get to the boiler room and the young girl announces a Freddy's home. And I love this scene because uh, Kristen grabs the girl, but it's like the, the doll that they use is yeah. so like stiff. <laughs> And it's very yeah. so bad and I was like I love this I don't care I fucking love where they went they're like we're doing it it's don't worry about it it's a five second scene yeah. and, um, so they're becoming trapped in the house as the floor's melting and Freddie's chasing her as she's carrying you know this small girl who's like screaming you know put me down <laughs> um uh when when Kristen stops, she takes a look down at the girl in her arms to see that she's actually clutching a dead and rotting corpse. And when she screams, she wakes up in her bed. Um, she goes into the bathroom to wash her face because, uh, you know, she's quite upset from her nightmare. Yeah. Uh, but it turns into a hand uh, and... It is, I think it's like holding her in place. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like it's so it's so cool. Like, yeah. one, like what a great fake out of just like, oh yeah. she, no, she's oh. still under dream, son. Still she's still under dream. And it's <laughs> like, you. yeah, the the uh what is it like the nozzles come mm. out and they grab her hands as she hold yeah, and they're like Freddy's claws. I'm like, yeah. And then oh, like um good. he because this scene always makes me go, oh, because um the blades cut. Kristen's wrists yeah or one of her wrists sorry and her screaming um wakes her up and also gets her like mum into the bathroom and because I think Kristen must have slept walked I'm guessing like into the bathroom thinking that she's awake and and whatnot and her mum finds her clutching a razor blade and like blood and coming out of her wrist and she passes out Freddy's which is an like asshole yeah a, and what a sick bastard fucking that's so gross because like <laughs> but the thing is like like you said with the whole teen angst thing like I feel like this is a very unfortunate um you know experience for far too many teens yeah that this kind of thing happens and their family members do find them like this you know and some you know that don't even make it um mm -hmm. through these experiences which like fucking is so incredibly heartbreaking um I'm grateful that Krista makes it because the this like them in the psychiatric hospital uh it has some of my favorite deaths it has some of my favorite fucking one-liners from freddie um yeah. the 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 nurse that works here is just a nightmare pain in the ass oh oh dr sims <laughs> yeah can't yeah, stand she's her the, she's the worst <laughs> and she's... i love that um nancy has kind of like snuck her way in like to like check out what's going on <laughs> yeah um so we end up at Western Hills Psychiatric Hospital with uh, Max, who is uh, Larry Fishburne and Dr. Larry. Gordon. And they're discussing yep. basically how there's been a bunch of like attempted suicides by teenagers in the area. And a lot of them are coming into 
the psychiatric hospital there's uh and they're talking about um them having like um pattern nightmares that are very similar to one another and there's like uh things that are happening that is very common between each they, what were they calling it a um uh let me see if i it's they they blamed it on a it's like a a group delusion that's the one yeah 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 i, I wrote that down that yeah like, like some group, group delusion, delusion in their nightmares yeah. and it's like how can that yeah. happen in nightmares like folly adieu happens in reality not in nightmares but anyway whatever. yeah um, so we, we can poke holes honestly I know. we really could poke holes in the psychiatry of this movie because I have questions about these people's credentials I have lots of questions so are you qualified to to talk about that because I don't think you are <laughs> Dr. Gordon looks like a high school history teacher not a psychiatrist you know what he looks like to me he looks he looks like um what's that dude he looks like Bill Maher oh, he does too <laughs> like a young Bill Maher like a very young Bill Maher He's, um, so he's gonna he, say something racist and then oh, he's gonna no, apologize, but not really. <laughs> but not be sorry. Just sorry yeah. that somebody said, dude, you don't you're fine. Don't, don't do say that, that, bro. Don't do that. Don't do That's that. That's yuck. Who doesn't sleep? Um, because but she's also uh unfortunately uh fighting addiction and whatnot, which is really sad. Jennifer, who has been self-harming, and she puts cigarettes out on her arms. Um, there's another boy who's been in solitary confinement for his violent outbursts. I think that was Kincaid. That's Kincaid, yeah. Yeah, because he gets put in and out of the qu- the quiet room, as they call it. Yeah. Um, and Dr. Sims is, you know, approaches them and they're talking about how there is a new staff member. They've just left grad school, uh, but they're very interested in, uh, well, the, the Dr. Sims is very interested in the way that they've made progress on dreaming and people having like shared nightmares kind of thing yeah yeah and dr gordon is like excuse me i don't want anyone using my kids to further their career no not happening good for him bill maher wouldn't have said that no i'm surprised a man said like no i'm not surprised a man said that (laughs) he's like no these are my kids i'm experimenting on these kids (laughs) these are fucking my kids i'm gonna further my career career on these kids (laughs) if anyone thinks they're coming in no. They can fuck right off. This is my career. <laughs> um, whilst they're talking, an emergency message comes across like a page asking for both doctors to head to the examination rooms. They can hear screaming, and we find that Elaine is uh, Elaine Parker, um, Kristen's mom, is. Oh, sorry, no. <clears throat> they can hear screaming so I guess they've gone off somewhere Elaine Parker yeah. is uh discussing with a nurse about her daughter and basically saying she's got she's doing this attention seeking stuff like and I'm but like it, but it, Whoa. It, that's, that's what I'm hitting that, that's like what hit like like hits me with this about like that, that teen angst of just yeah. like you have these adults who aren't listening to you you know they're not taking what you're telling them seriously it's like oh no she just wants attention like she yeah. does this all the time my god if I did that as a kid uh, my parents would freak. Like my, pa- I'd be straight into a hospital. Like, how do we help? What do we do? Um, I'd be at a therapist. And I mean, like, I was raised by my grandmother, who you know, like, yeah. grew up during the '60s, '70s, and '80s. Like, uh, but she's very progressive in that kind of sense. Um, but you know, it's just like that whole. It's very '80s for parents to be like, oh, they they just want attention. Oh yeah, no. The the moment I had my first kind of like, my parents were like, oh, there's something oh, wrong. Shit. Yeah, yeah, I was straight to a therapist. Let's get him on yeah. antidepressants. 
let's figure let's do what out. we can to help yeah. yeah i don't know our parent our our generation's parents are so progressive compared to like which is crazy to think about <laughs> yeah yeah I, I like don't get me wrong i'm sure there were a lot of people in my friend group that parents wouldn't have been so helpful like i grew up with uh, my best friend had bulimia mm-hmm. um our entire like teenagehood and their parents like did nothing about it yeah they would call no, them attention seeker um mm-hmm. oh just you're just not gonna eat you're just gonna kill yourself are you like mm-hmm. really horrible shit yeah. And um, this person's mom had passed away when they were quite young. So they only had their dad and their stepmom. So like nobody was paying attention to this like struggle that this girl was going through. Yeah, and even now exactly. she's like very malnourished and very tiny. And it's like, your parents could have done something to help you. If only they were more cluey and, and clicked on. And it just sucks that um, a lot yeah. of kids do suffer from their own yeah, parents. It, it, it seems like a, a lot of parents, I mean, and it's like, you get it. Like I understand raising kids is hard. Raising kids is hard because it's not like, because it's not just your kids, but then it's all these other things in your life to sustain your lifestyle. And that's difficult, but (laughs) pay attention to your children. It is also (laughs) your responsibility. It's literally your responsibility. Quite literally. It's like, you, you, you got him here. (laughs) But I mean, like, at least your mom's like, I'm going to put you into therapy. Yeah um the doctors enter the room to find Kristen screaming hysterically as doctors are like trying to fucking give her a sedation i have to like give patricia arquette in this film has like the best freakouts. like she's yeah. so fucking good yeah she's like i don't want this and just get like, off flailing. me get off me <laughs> fucking up but the room i love that she grabs a scalpel and like is like <laughs> oh yeah she's like come come at me come on Come on, let's go. You want you want to fucking go? Uh, but <laughs> I love that she also creepily recites the rhyme while she's like threatening them with the fucking scalpel. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't finish the last line of the rhyme. Nancy does as she enters uh, the room and takes the scalpel from Kristen and hugs her, which I think that's all that Kristen needed. Someone to understand her and like exactly. get it. Just like and that her finishing that is like finishing the rhyme is like hey i'm listening it's good i know mm-hmm. i know i know this shit i got you yeah we can do this um so nancy asks dr gordon about all the kids who are suffering from these different sleep disorders there's some with insomnia narcolepsy um but the main thing that they all have in common is these nightmares and he thinks yeah like you said it's a group delusion of this boogeyman who um scares them so much that they'll literally do anything to not sleep and he talks to nancy about um, a young boy who used razor blades to cut off his own eyelids to stop him from sleeping yikes like would that actually stop you from sleeping would your brain just go i have no idea how that works (laughs) <laughs> i'm gonna have to google it because now i need to know <laughs> yeah like can you wait, sleep can... without eyelids eyelids yeah or will your brain just shut down yeah like your brain would eventually need to sleep so maybe yeah but i mean like your would your eyelid like eyeballs like light and stuff would just wake you up straight away That's yeah i don't I know that know. sounds like a very destructive sleep yeah you need to sleep with an eye mask yeah i feel like like a satin one beautiful satin one with your initials embroidered <laughs> beautiful beautiful (laughs) special um 
And Dr. Gordon gives her some praise for dealing with Kristen. And basically she tells him, hey, I had the same experiences with these nightmares. Um, and when she turns to leave, she drops her bag and Dr. Gordon notices that she is taking medication. Um, and he, uh, I love when he turns around, he sees this nun like darting away, like, whoop. <laughs> See you we'll, later. We'll get into we'll get into the nun because I got a lot of feelings about that. <laughs> Just so weirded out by the I whole got, concept. I got so so many feelings about this concept because <laughs> <it> really, <laughs> why? <laughs> well, I have I have some thoughts about the nun. Um, uh, Max is showing Nancy to her office and saying that she can use this and. He also introduces her to some of the different, like the patients that she'll be working with. Um, so first is Philip, who is nicknamed the Walker. Can I can I just say straight off the bat, my favorite character in this movie? Yeah. yeah. I love him so much. His death he's is like, awesome. but he's also like the kind of teenager you would want to be, the one who really freely spoke his mind to adults. And he's just like really just like, okay, you guys are kind of ridiculous. I'm a, I'm a like, hey. Doesn't this shit seem weird to you? Ain't <laughs> this shit this crazy? Seems... Why don't you think it's weird? You're an adult. Yeah, like, come on now. <laughs> Why don't you think this is weird? Yeah. Um, he also makes puppets, which is super creepy. Uh, <laughs> but, hmm. As soon as there's puppets involved, I'm out. Yeah. No, um, no. So he shares his room with Kincaid, who actually has a first name. His last name is Kincaid. Did he ever say his first name? Because no. I, I only saw him credited as Kincaid. Oh, really? On IMDb, yeah. they have his full name there. Oh, okay. On Letterboxd, like, it's just Hafton Cade. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. 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 And so he's usually the one in solitary, which I have a bit of... I don't know if you have an issue with how they portray Kincaid, but I'd rather leave that up to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Through the entire film? <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, but why is the black boy aggressive and getting put in solitary that's it. It's all just the like, time? Every time he speaks his mind, it's aggression. Because, yeah. of course, he's like, he ain't even that upset. He just, like, gets up like, eh, guys, what the fuck? And then and like, oh, oh, you want to go to solitary confinement? I'll fucking see you later. You? <laughs> you don't get to talk here. You don't get to speak. Like, excuse me. You are too dark for opinions. <laughs> like, God. But, like, God. But it's, it's 1987. It's fucked. It's 1987. It's so fucked. It's just so fucked. I'm just like, what? But also, I love that when they're like, you can do anything in your dreams. And he's like, still the strong, aggressive person. Yeah, he's just, I'm just really strong and shit. <laughs> they really didn't know how to write black characters, did they? No, I mean, I do kind of like that for Kincaid because it's just like, because Kincaid's a, he's a badass. What's funny to me is that, because okay, so physically, this actor, you know, he, he, he's, he's well-built. Like, he's like a stocky built dude. He's really tall but as his, well, yeah. He's tall, but his voice is so, like, delicate. He's so polite <laughs> and, like, yeah. it's like, uh, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? They but, couldn't get anyone of a gruffer voice. They just got, like, he's a big black guy, but he's like, but he has the sweetest voice. He's so sweet, yeah. So weird. It's a really weird, like, juxtaposition between who he's meant to be and who he actually is. Yeah, it's funny as hell. Uh, but Max also jokes to Nancy that she should memorize Kincaid's face because he spends so much time in solitary confinement that she probably won't see him. That's abuse. Yeah. 
what the fuck he's 16 years old he a lot of questions 27. about how this hospital is ran <laughs> yeah but like you said we got to check qualifications because this place yeah because like what is happening here yeah how many of these kids actually belong here <laughs> none of them <laughs> like, <laughs> um so then there's also joey who doesn't speak um he just he i can't remember what they said happened to him to cause him not to speak i have no idea but like i know somebody made a comment that like oh yeah joey used to be in the debate team and now he doesn't talk so much anymore yeah because they said something had happened to him and ever since then he doesn't yeah anymore yeah which is super sad he's a sweet kid too um, so Nancy goes over to Kristen's house to speak to Elaine, who is super dismissive about everything that Kristen is doing, and she's just acting out, looking for attention. And um, she tells Nancy that she's packed a suitcase. Mind you, she also calls out to like their housekeeper to get like uh, Kristen's stuff. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, rich people, rich white people, fucking. Yeah, I'm just like, go. man, don't know. What I'm that's not dealing like. with my problems. <laughs> wonder what that feels like like so my my kids are in issue just send them off somewhere fuck it pack their bags just like oh, i don't want to deal with this shit so um uh so in so nancy goes up to Kristen's room because she offers to take their belongings back and she goes into Kristen's uh bedroom and sees the model of her old house which uh Kristen has been working on the paper mache house um i don't know i don't think Kristen is with her at this point i don't think so no no i don't think so because I, so I know they have a conversation about the house mm-hmm. oh they do it's i can see it it's here in my notes um, so dr gordon is looking up hypnosil which is the medication that nancy has been taking in her uh like that came out of her bag and it's actually a uh dream suppressant i think um basically to treat night terrors and nightmares yeah and it's supposed to be experimental yeah so yeah. yeah i love that nancy went on to become like a dream like specialist like that's so cool turn your trauma into something really cool yeah yeah i don't know if i would have done that no i would have been just like i don't want to think about this this shit ever again i'm just gonna put this and uh lock this up in my memory my memory storage and throw away the key. keep it there yeah, throw it away it. yeah freddie who <laughs> like, oh, that's one yeah i wouldn't want to rethink about it <laughs> exactly no um so we see Kristen again who is in bed drawing the elm street house and she's beginning to fall asleep when she when the room the the room to her door the door to her room creaks open and a red tricycle rolls in before melting basically into the ground which i thought was really cool i was like that is cool yeah i liked that yeah, no, this this movie has a lot of really cool dream transitions. Yeah. Uh, so she, you know, edges out of the room quite hesitant and she finds herself back in the Elm Street house. Um, in the house, she sees a stale barbecued pig with an apple in its mouth on the table and there's like flies buzzing around everywhere and it leaps out at her, the, the pig. Um, uh, Kristen continues exploring as a lump appears under the carpet and slashes at the walls. A huge snake with Freddy's face bursts out of the floor and begins to eat its way up. I love this scene so fucking much. Because <laughs> I'm just like, what is going on? What the fuck? 
like i wonder how freddie just does this he's like does he have like things planned out he's like oh this would be cool to do sometime like journal happening and he's like what yeah, can I do next like, yeah like i got some i oh, i got some good good scares just up in here motherfuckers <laughs> yeah, this way oh this oh i'm gonna be a snake here this would be so <laughs> cool i'm gonna do some beetlejuice shit over here <laughs> do some beetlejuice shit so the snake is eating its way up Kristen's body. She screams for Nancy, and we see Nancy. Um, what does this say? Ugh, I'm confused. Is is this when she the first time she pulls Nancy into into the dream? dream yeah. yeah, yeah. So she, yeah. So something happens, and Nancy's asleep as well, and Kristen has pulled her into the dream. Um, and, but no, Nancy's awake. But gets pulled into the dream doesn't she it's really confusing for me it is kind of confusing yeah i'm trying to th- it's because, easy I when mean, you're I... watching it but it's hard for yeah. me to explain what happens yeah so nancy is in Kristen's dream and um she uh, it's really weird uh it's hard to explain but anyway nancy's in the dream she grabs a mirror like a broken piece of mirror and stabs the snake causing it to drop Kristen, freddie recognizes nancy straight away um and he yells you know like you like it's it's fucking you already killed me once and now you're back you bitch um, <laughs> rivalry <laughs> they do have a really big rivalry don't they it's great yeah. i think it's probably one of my favorite out of all the franchises like you know like jason doesn't really have a rivalry with anyone because everybody yeah. dies uh michael has obviously laurie their rivalry uh, in, in like whatever timeline you're looking at because that <laughs> that's film series has like four <laughs> that's a, i thought it was two there's there's like four. Oh, okay that's too confusing yeah there there's like mm-hmm. uh because there's a reboot one yeah and there's the one that goes into h2o and then there's the oh. thorn one with the colt. And then, and then I mean, if you want Rob Zombie, I mean, if you want to consider that one a timeline, but then there's also the uh, the one-off uh, season of the witch. Ah, uh, right, yes. Own thing, I guess. Yeah, I've only seen that once. I need to rewatch that because it's like I got confused. Yeah. So I was just like, "Where's all the Halloween stuff?" Yeah. <laughs> just just kids getting killed by corporate masks, like. Ooh, no surprise there. <laughs> um so nancy grabs Kristen and is telling her to run um they are like hiding through the house um nancy is telling Kristen, you need to get us back you need to get us out of here um and they disappear as freddie crashes through the the front door and wakes up nancy who's back in the chair in her chair in her office and she has a cut on her hand from the mirror so she knows, wait a second, Kristen has this gift. Yeah, whatever uh, it is. Would you? Con- I wouldn't consider it a gift, to be honest. It's more of a curse, but... I can pull other people into my nightmares, yeah. Like, Woo! Awesome. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> Fucking Professor X is going to roll up there. <laughs> just what a her. crossover. <laughs> yeah, oh, mate, imagine... <laughs> I want to see a fanfic of that now. Like a reader, like a fan fiction of that. You, you want to be an X-Man? Like... <laughs> no, I want to see like an X-Men roll into Nightmare on Elm Street. It wasn't that um the plot of if you saw uh 
the new mutants there was a mutant that made their yeah she made her dreams i guess her yeah. nightmares real yeah yeah i fucking yeah. love that yeah i really enjoyed that movie i know a lot of people had issues with it but i thought it was cool um yeah. so the next morning nancy brings the model home to Kristen, telling her hey this is my house what's going on here and she asks her, have you ever pulled anyone else into your dreams the way that you did with me yesterday? And Kristen says, yeah, I used to, you know, when I'd had really bad nightmares, I'd pull my dad in and they'd make everything better. And after her parents' divorce, it stopped. And after a while, Kristen thought that she had just made the whole thing up. And then she asks Nancy, you know, um, is the man in my dreams real? And she's like, sorry, yeah. Ooh. Yes, he is. Sorry. Fuck. 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 Anyway, um, that's how I feel about nightmares. I don't really have nightmares, do you? Um, I I have the reoccurring nightmare where I it's like, hey, you actually didn't finish your like high school credits. You gotta go back. Oh. And that's, that's my reoccurring nightmare of that was like, having what, to be back in high ago? school. Yeah, I know. It sucks. I'm just like, yo, I'm so old right now. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck am I doing here? It's so weird. And it's just like, oh, I got my schedule. I don't know what my schedule is. I don't know what class I'm supposed to go to. This is awful. Fuck this hellhole. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, that's like uh, my only reoccurring nightmare for yeah. some reason. Mine's always like losing teeth or my skin melting off or something. So that day they have like a group session and Dr. Gordon is uh, talking to the kids about, you know, tell Nancy the truth about everything that's going on. And Will introduces himself. He tells Nancy that he had an accident and that's why he's in a wheelchair. Taryn um, tells Nancy... Uh, Taryn tells Nancy that uh, Will was injured in a suicide attempt um, mm -hmm. where he jumped and, you know, basically caused himself to be paraplegic. Um, Kincaid is incredibly wonderful and basically to be like on the defense for Will, like puts shit on Taryn and he's like, yeah, yeah. well, you used to be a junkie. And it's just like, oh, <laughs> wow, like cool that you're coming to will's defense but like dude it's like, just fucking I mean, hard like, yeah yeah i mean he's like hey don't cast stones yeah but true yeah he's like yeah <laughs> don't you be judgmental like when you've been doing yeah, you're here things. for a reason too we're all here for a reason yeah but they don't really talk about why kincaid is there because he's angry oh. <laughs> i guess i have no idea it seems like he lost what teenager in my mind, isn't yeah in my mind is just like he, he was just happened to be black and he was just mad one day and was like ah oh, we gotta put you away man <laughs> and, and that's what happened oh, fucking hell because i other than that i'm like i don't understand he's perfectly what the fine fuck he's perfectly fine yeah he seems like a normal <laughs> ass teenager <laughs> all teenagers are angry he just so happened to be black and angry yeah he just happened to be black and angry and <laughs> like, we, couldn't, no. we can't have that can't have that no not allowed <laughs> um so jennifer who is so softly spoken talks doesn't say why she wants to be there but just talks about how she wants to be an actress that's it yeah yeah she has those hollywood dreams yeah and people are like lol sure <laughs> cool yeah i like because they give her a hard time for being rich as well at one point 
I think so. Yeah. 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 Um, she wants to run away to Hollywood and run away from her life and stuff like that. Yeah. And they're just like, what's so hard about your life? Like, yeah. <laughs> you're right. You're white and rich. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> um, Taryn is next to introduce herself and she says that she's going through some strange shit uh, in relation, like talking about her dreams and that the hospital was a better option for her than going to like a juvenile detention facility. Yeah. Um, Philip, Philip interrupts the conversation and tells uh, Nancy that the doctors all believe that their dreams are group psychosis, despite the fact that they've all dreamt about Freddie before they even knew each other. So how did they even know that he exists if they didn't know? Like, yeah, I love this line he says. I love what he says here. I wrote it down because I love what he says here because it's just like just so real and just so like, dude, what the fuck? He's like, <laughs> we go in circles making minimum progress with maximum effort. Yeah, fuck that. Like, what? <laughs> like, what are we Why doing? Why is everyone here? putting that much effort in? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> if they knew how capitalism worked, then all you had to do is put in the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all you have to do. Bare minimum. <laughs> no one will notice the difference. No. Um, but yeah, it, 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 I find it really fascinating that he does bring up this. It's like he is clicked it on. Like, he's like, hey, we didn't even know each other. How the fuck would we have dreamt yeah, about like this Yeah, like, none of this makes any sense. Yeah. What, what, and then, but people are just like, yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> sorry, Philip. Anyway, uh, so Dr. Sims tells him that they will not make any progress until the teens can accept that their dreams are byproducts of guilt, psychological scars stemming from moral conflicts, conflicts and overt sexuality very 80s that's very reagan oh yeah <laughs> i love that they're playing dungeons and dragons later that night so taryn will and joey are playing i love it i love it like uh is it will that calls himself the, the wizard uh yeah will's in yeah the, yeah he's it in is the yeah, yeah 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 he, he's the one who's really into it um he wants everybody it. to play off him and that kind of comes back later um yeah it's awesome yeah. yeah i was like fuck yeah give those give give us nerds some love oh yeah Max comes in and kicks them all out and the basically find that Will and Joey have agreed to take shifts in who looks after who to keep, you know, them awake. And so Neil, and, well, Dr. Gordon and Nancy are talking later and she's talking about how her mother had died in her sleep and that her and her father don't have a great relationship. She tells Neil that the children or the teenagers are in real danger from these dreams and that, um, uh, you know, the best course of action she believes is to give them hypnosil until they just like make a decision on how they're going to attack this together. And she tells um, Neil that she used to be like them as well and had similar dreams and that, you know, um, he really needs to watch out for their survival. Because if yeah. he doesn't do something about it, then they're all going to die. Um, so in Philip's room, one of the puppets comes to life, morphing into a mini Kruger, which I loved. Um, and because yeah. he kind of, he comes over to the bed, but then like gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I was like, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. And uh, this bit really grosses me out. And in the, the thing is, like, I have a copy that I downloaded a million years ago, and this yeah. scene is in it, like, this particular part, but in the one that I watched on a streaming service here, this part isn't in there. 
Wait, which part? Where they cut his veins and turn them into puppet strings. Ooh, okay, because the version I have has that. Yeah, the version, like, the version I downloaded has it. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen it, like, a million other times. But on the streaming service that I have, they turn him into a puppet, but they don't show the part where they cut his veins out of his arms and legs. But that's kind of, like, the coolest part that's about like it. That's, like, the part you need to see. Anyway, so, uh, basically, <laughs> Kruger turns him into a puppet. And Kincaid, who Philip shares a room with, sees um, Philip walking out and thinks he's just sleepwalking. He's sleepwalking, like, oh, yeah. Whatever. Uh, Freddie takes Philip up to the hospital tower, walking as this fucking puppet. What's funny about <laughs> that scene, too, is that there's like, so he walks by like a, it looks like a reception desk. Yeah. And there's like a nurse She's just there. Like She's just reading. Oh, she, yeah, like, she doesn't even notice. She doesn't even notice anything. I'm just like, what, is, like, what are you doing? Um, You're here for a reason, lady. You're meant to be watching the children? What are you <laughs> yeah. doing? What do you get paid for? Um, Joey sees Philip from his... So Joey can see him from his bedroom window standing on the ledge. And he uh, wakes up Will and carries him over to the window so that they can both see him. So Joey tries to get help by... Um, basically he grabs his train he's like banging it on the walls outside to yeah. wake everybody up and will is then shouting from the window to try and wake up philip and the group gathers at the window to see philip fall to his death as freddie cuts the strings which i this is probably one of no no this is my second favorite yeah i mean it, it is one of the most iconic death scenes in in, in the entire series oh yeah yeah it's so cool it's so besides glenn's yeah 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 Yeah. it's it's so like man yeah so well executed yeah they really went all out with it didn't they yeah they did yeah in their group session the next morning everybody is quite upset and kincaid is super pissed off blaming um philip's death on his own weakness it's basically like he was too weak Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. which I thought was really mean but I guess like there's a way for everybody to deal with these types of situations yeah and, and that's okay and I know that Kincaid's going through his own thing and so maybe that's his projection on he would see that he'd be giving into his own weakness if he did something like that yeah exactly and in Kincaid I, I feel like um this character is at least the way he projects himself it's like he always needs to be strong yeah and I I think a lot of and and like you've all you've you've said throughout like this whole teen angst thing like each teenager represents something that a teenager typically does throughout their teenage years of like yeah. being a real hardened person and like oh nothing can get to me like I'm strong like fuck yeah you. and like I'm sure we've all been through that as well yeah definitely um Dr Gordon is trying to tell them that it was a suicide while the others are just like no this is linked to our dreams. Taryn thinks it's murder. Dr. Sims <laughs> says something here that's pretty fucked up. Something about like how he failed or something that he yeah. failed himself and he failed all of you. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> but then she also tells the teens that they're going to be locked into their rooms and sedated at night. And of course, Kincaid, he's like, uh, n- no. <laughs> he's like, and, absolutely And then he's like not. sent straight to like fucking isolation for and, it. Like, I'm just like, he didn't do anything. He just got up and was like, whoa. Ooh, like, I don't nah. want to do he's that. Like, Oh, doing that? You can't do that to us. Like, no, you're not. Doctor Sims is like isolation. Isolation <laughs> immediately. Fuck. And everyone's like, "Yeah, bye, Kincaid." 
It's not, yeah. it's just normal. Why is no one else? I think the only other person who is sent to the quiet room is is Kristen. Yeah. And that's, that's like later on when yeah. they're just like, we have no idea how else to control her. <laughs> like they had to go through stats of her. <laughs> um Nancy, on the other hand, does not want him put in there because she knows that it's incredibly dangerous and she wants to be able to obviously watch them. Um, and then this is where Sim's like, no, I'm going to begin sedating them. And Neil, who is the actual psychiatrist, is like, no, I'm going to prescribe them hypnosil so that they will their dreams will be suppressed. And Sims is yeah. like, hell no. And Neil, like Dr. Gordon, is like, well, if you don't do it, I'm going straight to the top. Because I am their doctor. Yeah. I don't I don't know who Dr. Sims is. I thought she was a nurse, to be honest. And I was like, uh, she knows a, too much a, for a nurse. She's, she's a, I mean, she's a doctor. I mean, in the loosest terms. Um, <laughs> she's not a very good gosh. one. No, she's she's not a very good anything. No. Um, yeah. What sucks is that Kincaid still gets sent to isolation anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucked. But he yeah. is in locks. He he struggles to sleep the whole night. So I guess that's a bonus for him. Yeah. Um, Jennifer is in their uh, common room and Max comes in and is telling her, hey, you can't be in here. If Sim sees you in here, like I'm in shit. And she's saying, you know, I'm really upset. I can't sleep. Um, I'd just rather sit in here, you know, after everything that happened today. Yeah, so, yeah he's something like, yeah, just for tonight. Yeah. If Sim says it, I, I didn't see you. I I, I have no idea. Yeah, that's what I loved about I liked about Max because I mean you yeah. can tell this is a guy. I mean, this is a job for him. Like he, he's here to punch in the clock and that's what it, but he still does care about these kids. Yeah. He's formed a relationship with them. Yeah. So he's a pretty yes. good nurse. Yeah. He like, cares yeah, about he's them. A cool guy. However, the orderly who Taryn runs into is not a cool guy. Uh because he uh, accosts her in the corridor and like gets up in her face and says that he has a key to the dispensary. He also says some really harmful, like really hurtful shit about how um, where did you get those like those track marks from? Like it's I mean, not like he, you he was essentially done it trying to barter like drugs for sex. Essentially, yeah. she uh, is a minor. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, they didn't mm, care about that shit in the eighties, did they? No, I mean it's a common. Th- I, I, the other film I can remember this coming up. Have you seen Ginger Snaps too? Yes. Yeah, yeah, because there's that orderly there who was yeah. also doing a very similar thing. Yeah. Um, with the girls there. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's a, yeah. such a good movie. Uh, My favorite one. Jennifer is sitting in uh the TV room with a fucking cigarette, but she's just lighting it and like burning it on herself to keep herself awake. Which I yeah, was like, Ooh. which. Well, but like so that that brings up the question for me about a lot of these kids because it's just like so for her she was sent there for self-harm but was she self-harming because you know she had you know that like inclination because she's mentally ill or is she trying to stay awake because freddy cougar's trying to kill her in her dreams yeah exactly it's just like and it feels like it's the latter yeah absolutely yeah yeah because even um like Taryn being addicted to drugs is that what she was doing to keep herself but she was heroin and that had made mm-hmm. me slip. I don't think it keeps yeah. you awake I, I don't know anything heroin I, I don't know anything about heroin no I mean you know I'd have to um, on that one never never touching that stuff oh god no yeah, scary as hell I'm um I have 
I don't mind getting blood tests and needles, but the thought of doing it to myself. Mm-mm. No, thanks. Like I um, have it, to, there are better sister, ways for inebriation. Yeah. I'll friggin' have a scotch. It's fine. Like yeah. my sister has to take uh, a type of medication called a biologic, which has to be administered through a needle into your, like your stomach. Yeah. And I might have to go on the same like type of medication. And I'm like, is there an oral version? Like Oof. where I can just have like a tablet or something? Cause like the thought of giving myself a needle makes me sick. Like I told you earlier, like I got my, uh, the COVID booster, uh, like two weeks ago. Yeah. And, like I'm telling you that is such like, such a baby shot. You don't even feel that going, yeah, but like, I don't want to see, I always brace myself whenever I'm just like, <laughs> bite my fucking You're like, fist no, and look away it is like and it's already over but i'm just like i don't want to see that go in i have to watch so i know when the pain is gonna happen <laughs> i'm a sicko like i like blood tests i'm like i gotta the needles in great cool That's i can't fine. see that shit i can't see that shit. Oh, i'm the opposite but i have like all my veins are like really close to the surface like you can see them look how dark they are oh yeah my veins are like that somebody yeah. once i don't know who it was it was like in high school somebody looked at my veins like yeah yeah you, you'd be like heroin would be like really easy for you and i'm just like why would you say that i've literally had <laughs> a nurse like a phlebotomist say to me um you have the veins that intravenous drug users would love and i'm like why would you say that 50 year old <laughs> women in australia have no fucking filter um so jennifer's flicking through the channels and she stops on the dick cavett show dick cavett i don't know who that is w- was that a real show in the 80s i, I don't know that sounds real as hell i mean dick yeah. cavett sounds like a dude that exists i yeah. mean he might not <laughs> and the guest they had on was zaza gabor which i know is a person Like, is an entertainer. Um, After a few minutes, Cavett suddenly turns into Freddy and attacks Gabor. um, And then the signal cuts out. And screams and the rhyme, like the Freddy rhyme, can be heard as Jennifer walks over to the TV. Um, As she does, arms burst out of the side of the television and grab Jennifer before Freddy's head emerges from the top. This is my fucking favorite thing. This is so fucking cool. I saw... Um, they were like a bunch of, uh, and I, I got, I will seek them out one day, but like, there's like a, a, a bunch of figurines, uh, like Freddy figures, but they're like kills from the movie. <gasps> so there's the TV kill one. There's the cockroach one. Yeah, no, it's so fucking cool. And I oh really God. want that TV kill. I want I the, want t- yeah, I mean, shit. if you find it, link me to it. Yeah, Cause I I'll fucking you know, need it. Yo, I want uh, that shit. That's so dope. So what does Freddy shout at Jennifer? Oh God! Oh, welcome to prime time, bitch. <laughs> this and is then, awesome. This is just fucking. This is like when so Freddy becomes the Freddy that everybody fucking loves. Yeah, like for he sure. got one liners. He he's yeah. goofy. He's funny. He he's fucks so, around. So can as well. Like he he, he loves this shit. Yeah, (laughs) and I think that a lot of people are like, "Ooh, Freddy Krueger!" Like, "Uh, oh, he's so horrible." And I'm like, "Have you watched the fucking? Have you watched number three and four? (laughs) Yeah, like this this dude, he's funny as hell. This man should be on Def Jam comedy. (laughs) (laughs) But I love when he just like grab because he's like chest is the television basically yeah and he just like rams her head in, (laughs) and I'm like, "Fuck!" Like, I think I would have been maybe. 15 or 16 the first time I saw this one and I loved it I was just fucking obsessed like because the Nightmare on Elm Street 
uh, sequels are the only ones I really watched after yeah. I watched Nightmare on Elm Street. Like I'd watched Friday 13th and Halloween, but I never really followed through with the sequels. But this one I did, like my aunt loved them all. So she had them all and we just watched them. And this was just fucking one of my favorite movies at like, yeah, maybe 15, 16. I feel like I might've mentioned this on our last show, but like my entrance really into horror was being a sophomore in high school who didn't do fucking homework because ADHD and fuck that shit. Who fucking needs homework? Exactly. But what I'm like, remember when streaming sites are really like, you can go to like, it was like mega load or whatever. I would just sit there. It, I'd be up until like midnight watching horror movies. And that's how I, I, I went through the entire Nightmare on Elm Street series nice yeah see it wasn't available like... here so my auntie had to like order them in on like dvd at one point Yo, australia is fucked up for that shit i'm sorry australia yeah you guys like we could download stuff like easy that yeah, was easier than like, getting, getting shit from just a store i remember like even it's like nuts. your um your what is it like your entertainment arts association i remember when what was it like left for dead 2 came out they were like yeah. i don't know if we can have that game here of all that blood you gotta take out all that blood um so neil is creeping over at jennifer's funeral i don't know why he's not i don't know why he's sidelining it it doesn't make sense to me but anyway a look probably um so the nun that he had saw earlier approaches him and asks him about his faith i don't know what that's got to do with anything um and he's like hey i saw you before and um asks if Sister Mary Helena does volunteer, because this is her name, does volunteer work at the hospital. And she says, yeah, I kind of do when I'm needed there. And tells him that the only way to save the children is to put the unquiet spirit to rest. And then disappears. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nancy is hanging out with Neil after the funeral and they share a meal. And... Um, <laughs> He sees Nancy's Malaysian dream doll, which is supposed to bring like good dreams. Um, so I don't is know. Is that if... even a is that even a thing? Like I'm not. Um, even... There's Guatemalan worry people, which I think this might have been based off. Okay. So I don't know if when you were a kid, if you got given worry dolls, but I was, and I just no. gave my nieces some as well. So my grandmother's like a bit of a hippie, right? And mm -hmm. uh, she loves this kind of stuff, and she'd bring home these like little, uh, beautifully sewn little like. Um, like drawstring bags and they had these little sewn um people and in guatemalan culture it's they believe that if at night they tell these like dolls their worries and their problems and then they put them in the bag and put them under their pillow they get to sleep on it for a night and maybe they'll be able to like resolve their worries and stuff okay in their, in their sleep and so like i gave them to my nieces because one of my nieces has been having nightmares lately so, um, but I heard my youngest niece talking to hers and she's like, I worry about my mom and my dad and my sister and like puts it in their little like bag. And I'm just like, oh man, my heart is breaking. <laughs> Children have feelings too. Yeah. And my nieces are really like well-adjusted. So they're good at talking about their feelings. And that's probably why she's like, fuck yeah, worry dolls. I'm going to tell them all my shit. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like mine i would have been like i'm worried that the boy next door doesn't like me no i wouldn't say anything to mine i'm just like yeah yeah well, this is you know this is what it is life is you know like this so uh, i'm gonna go to sleep <laughs> <laughs> sleeping time but it, it's kind of a cool um superstition it, it, so i yeah, think that this might be cool. based off something similar or maybe there are malaysian dream dolls i i don't know yeah and um so he's worried about the kids and he doesn't know what to do 
has no fucking idea what's going on. And um, basically Nancy says, hey, listen to me. Don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about Dr. Sims, your boss. Uh, just trust me on this. And so the next day they're in a group which has been unofficially called because Dr. Sims loses her shit about this later. And um, Nancy is telling the kids about Freddy Krueger. And they're all like, <laughs> whatever. But when she describes him, you know, this dirty hat and his burnt face and razors on his fingers and um, that, you know, they're kind of like, oh shit, wait a second. <laughs> but she also does tell him, tell them who he is and says that he's a child murderer and that before he died, um, so before he died, he was a child murderer. And then after he died, he became something much worse. So she also shares the fact that six years ago, he had killed her friends and um, they're basically, he came back as revenge for his death. Their parents, their parents had burnt him alive after a mistake with a search warrant leading to his arrest caused all charges to be dropped and Kruger to go free. Uh, which, you know, like in the 80s, or like this would have been the early 80s when all this happened is probably quite common. It's actually, uh, so like even when, now. I was, when I was watching this today, because I did my rewatch today again, it reminded me, so this actually does still happen in middle America. A lot of this vigilante town stuff. Uh, really? Yeah, no, what ends up, um, I can't really, like, I forgot the documentary, but this does happen where it's just like, people don't like somebody in a town. It doesn't even have to be somebody who might've did anything. But you know how shit is. It's just like rumors start and then just like, oh, you didn't. It, it, it's just like, how do you take somebody who's innocent, who um, may be unlikable, but will justify, oh, no, this is a horrible person. We got to do something. And then what happens is the, the sheriff uh, is not in town that day. And then a shooting happens or a murder happens and then it's just like oh we don't know we don't know who did it we don't know what happened close it's it's a cold case and, and that that is something that happens in middle america that's so that's so scary if that happened yeah. here there'd be like riots about yeah. like people's right to live <laughs> yeah i mean and we're talking about these really small towns we're talking about towns yeah. with like 300 people oh okay. you know? yeah yeah like that where, where that kind of stuff can squeak by uh, it can go yeah. unnoticed and yeah but well, yeah so everyone like, will cover it up <laughs> exactly yeah exactly everybody's so in on it and it's like yeah that totally reminded me of that yeah and now that kind of thing happens well did, did, so did, hold on what's the the, the, the because i i, I don't remember oh, here's the thing with freddie Krueger. every every fucking movie kind of changes the lore and stuff did he actually kill kids i don't remember yes i think he okay. had he had okay yeah have you seen um number is it number six is it do you mean freddy's dead number five that's five yeah freddy's yeah. dead yeah yeah because i think six is new nightmare yes yeah so freddy's yeah. dead uh in five they talk more about it because they actually show freddy's life yeah and, it was like, it was so bizarre. discovering like his little treasure trove yeah. of, like, and then him making a deal of dream demons or yeah. some shit <laughs> he's like hey you're a sick fuck you want to be immortal <laughs> we like you we like your style yeah we, we yeah we, we dig we dig this whole thing yeah. um so nancy tells everyone about Kristen's gift to be able to bring people into their dreams and that when they're in their dreams they can all harness their strengths and whatever they believe they want to be in the dream world 
Neil tells them that they're going to have a little session together of hypnosis and he relaxes them with their pendulum, his pendulum in his room. And Nancy is telling Kristen to take them into the dream world. Uh, at first they think that nothing's really happened, but um, Joey wanders off out of the room because he's like, fuck it, don't worry. He follows the nurse, like the hot nurse. He has a crush on this nurse, so everybody knows. She's pretty uh, hot. She's very, she's very cute. Yeah. My little back pedal. Is she? And um, she says to him, I've wanted to talk to you alone for so long because I want to tell you how much I like you. And I always make excuses to come into the ward so uh, because you're so cute. Like as if he didn't know at this point that it was a dream. I mean, yeah, I mean. But teenage boys. Teenage boy. I mean, even if a woman like, not that I'm not saying I'm not a cat, but even if a woman came up to me today and was just like, hey, I'll be like, where am I? Pinching yourself like, <laughs> yeah, wait like, a what the second. Fuck is going on? <laughs> Why what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? Exactly. What do you want? <laughs> do you have an MLM and you're trying to get me to sign up? <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Gordon is kind of like, oh fuck, well, we didn't do anything. But then when he goes to swing the pendulum again, um, all of the balls that are on the pendulums break away and they're floating around the room. Uh, and they all realize, hey, we're dreaming. That is awesome. I'm, I'm, it's really funny because Neil, let's call him Neil, because his name, Neil, for Neil. some reason, don't know why he is still kind of skeptical. I'm like, I don't know. Even We're in still the dream, here. he's like, ah. I don't know about that. I'm like, dude, did you not just see the laws of gravity just be broken in front of your eyes? Typical male. <laughs> Typical white man. Just like, Typical ah. white man. Ah, copy real. No, 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 no. I know. I know things. I you know could everything. take a white man into like another plane of existence and he'd still be like, mm, I think we're still on Earth. Yeah, no. I think we're yeah. just, yeah. Especially if you're a female and do it. Fuck. <laughs> if you're a woman yeah, and a woman, do it. A woman telling me something like what? <laughs> like, come on. What do you know? What do you know? I love when um, people try to like, yeah, I love when people try to like mansplain like law and criminology and sociology and Marxism to me. And I'm like, motherfucker, I studied that for 10 years. Get the fuck out. I have to say, it is a thing, dudes, like you gotta like, we gotta like train that shit because I sometimes catch myself slipping and I'm like, I'm explaining shit to her that she probably knows. knows. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, sorry. That's why what I do, I try to do, I'm like, hey, do you know about this? Yeah. That's a, like Before, I do the same thing, yeah, even because yeah. I don't want to catch myself mansplaining to someone. Yeah, I think that might also be an ADHD thing because we our heads are so full. We just want to just like info dump, machine gun information. Yeah, it's just like, hey, did you know how cool this stuff is? Blah, 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 and people are like, yeah, like okay, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. <laughs> it's really nice catching up. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for thanks for coming to dinner. Bye. Thanks for thanks for letting me get an, uh, get a word edgewise. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been trying so hard to like go to things and just close my mouth and just be like, we are going to actively listen today. <laughs> it's so fucking hard. It is so fucking hard. <laughs> um, so Will in the dreamland, he can stand and, well, he can walk, sorry. He can stand and walk. And he is the wizard master. And he shows us this by turning one of the, the uh, ball bearings into a 
beautiful butterfly and there's like I love the really crummy graphics in this yeah it's so good um and uh Kristen is able to do a triple backflip somersault oh, in she her dreams. like uh, my dreams I can do gymnastics I'm so a fucking I'm gymnast gymnast fucking gold medal gymnast I'm like all right cool fantastic I, I um, be, in my dream i'd be like spider-man but that's cool. yeah i mean like that we don't all uh, we don't have like you know maybe she just doesn't have that many aspirations which is sorry so i, I aspire really sorry. to be spider-man <laughs> i do uh it's spooderman spooderman yes it's spooderman um taryn says in her dreams she is beautiful and bad and she turns into like that she I think she's my favorite character just because I relate to her so much. You know, she's struggling with addiction and, and depression and, and recovery. Yeah. And she also, her personality is a lot like mine. Like she's very blunt. She's mean sometimes. <laughs> like she's definitely neurodivergent. I'm going to tell you that much. Uh, yeah. And she just rocks like this really cool like um does she have like kind of like a faux like a faux hawk no she had like a full mohawk it was a faux mohawk yeah 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 yeah. and like her outfit was just cool and she had like studded gloves and i was like yeah is this the scene does she she pull out the switchblades in in that scene or is it oh yeah yeah she got the switchblades she got two (laughs) i dual wield i'm a dual wielding rogue in these notes the person who ever wrote these so i usually use notes from like fandom and wiki notes and, yeah. and I'll just like read ahead, I'll read ahead and turn it into my own words. But she says, um, she, but in the transition, she turns into the ugliest punk girl you could ever imagine. Oh, what? Get the fuck out with, I'm going into this wiki and I'm going to Excuse me. That. She looks amazing. She looks great. What the She's fuck? Like, her, her style in her, in the dreamland is my favorite. Like I, out of all of the Nightmare she's, on Elm Street She's a Scotty too hottie. Like what are yeah. you talking about? What is this going idiot on? doesn't know what they're talking about. What the fuck is going on that wiki? I don't know. It's on yeah, fandom, take, so you know. Your stream got to take over that wiki. I'm taking over. I'm gonna take, take over. over. Dude, and take over. What the fuck? Um, Joey is in uh the like in another part of the ward with the nurse, and um she is seducing him and is like, hey, you know, unzip me. Uh, and she. He unzips her revealing that she like has no bra on and that's gonna be like oh, chafing the nipples chafe on the nipples like you gotta wear a bra at I least mean, a but, singlet but very i mean as the host of scary friends scaring friends podcast i must say very nice titties <laughs> uh, two thumbs up i'm just like yeah nice yep. titties those are great um love them <laughs> She asks Joey, do you like my body? And he's just like, yeah. Yeah. Like, very enthusiastically <laughs> nodding about it. Yes. Um, she pushes him onto the bed and kisses him. And she then bites his tongue. And as she pulls her tongue out of his mouth, they're both like fused together. Yeah, literally tongue-tied. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> because... Um, then the tongues are used to like tie Joey's like wrists and ankles up, and the nurse reve- is revealed to be Freddy Krueger, who then says, "Feeling tongue-tied," <laughs> and <laughs> the mattress opens up a portal to hell, and Joey's sent in. What an incredible what, what the imagery! Fuck? Yeah, like God, <laughs> it's so great. I was just like, "Why is there a portal to hell? What?" <laughs> 
I don't know where that came from, but anyway, I love it. I still love it. Yeah. So they realize that Freddy's in the hospital and that they, they're going to go and try and find him. Uh, the room that they're in morphs into a boiler room and Kincaid attempts to stop it. Like, um, I don't know how he tries to stop the morphing into a boiler room because that's just going to happen anyway. Uh, Dr. Sims hears the screams from their little unauthorized uh, session and um, she runs in. She's pissed off. Joey's on the floor in a coma. Um, and Sims is like, well, this is a hypnosil that you did. So Dr. Gordon and Nancy are suspended. Uh, Neil cleans out his stuff. Uh, I don't know why you do that if you're suspended. That's normally only if you're fired, isn't it? That you do like the yeah. walk of shame, clear out my desk kind of thing. And um, he's looking at stuff in his like um, box and notices that the nun is up in the tower. I just this all this nun is just like this what the this fuck? nothing. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's, uh, it feels so out of place and it's yeah. so jarring whenever it happens. Yeah, like exposition for this kind of stuff could be provided another way. Yeah. Uh, any other way. Like, you don't need to bring a nun into this. So um, Neil breaks into the tire to, to the tower and finds the nun. She explains that the room that they're in was once used to house the criminally insane patients that were sent to the hospital. And the wing that they're in was closed down in the 40s after a young girl, I think a nurse, was locked in there over the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, they, she does tell them how long she was in there for. I think she says like 14 days or something. And the inmates basically hid her in there and she was raped hundreds of times. Yeah. And when she was found, she was barely alive and was unfortunately impregnated with like by the like the souls of a hundred insane men i think she said i guess that that's how you know that works and that was amanda kruger freddie's mom yeah and she says that basically the only way you're going to stop freddie is if you find his remains and burn them which we all know is like um or like bury him in whole lewd ground but i know that they talk about like burning bones or salting bones like a lot in different like supernatural kinds of things to stop evil spirits yeah um nancy visits joey and she demands that freddie release him and i love this because on joey's chest the words um come and get him bitch are carved out (laughs) as she watches them be like sketched into his chest freddie krueger so cheeky (laughs) so cheeky he's like fuck you nancy Um, (laughs) she really wants to go into the dream world and fight Freddy, but uh, Neil says, hey, we've got another option. And she's like, okay, um, there's only one person who knows where his whereabouts are. You know, everyone else is dead. Uh, Only one person has stayed alive. And um, at this point, Kristen is also fighting with the staff because Nancy has been suspended. And this is like another meltdown that Kristen has that's really quite emotional because she's like, no, you can't take her away from me. Yeah. And like for a teenager to even admit something like that, that's that's a powerful powerful moment. For yeah, I mean, you, you have the only adult in their lives that understand what's going on with what they're going through. That's actually actively listening to them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and to yeah to lose that is emotional. Yeah, and I I, I do like Patricia Arquette's like characterization of Kristen in these films. Her, like her performance is so yeah. solid in this. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. She was, she's awesome. 
Yeah. Um, they put her in the quiet room and sedate her. And um, she's like screaming at Dr. Sims saying, you're killing them. Like you're killing everybody. Yeah. Um, so we find out that the person that Nancy was referring to is her dad, who is a drunk, but also the police sheriff as well, still. Nice. <laughs> I was like, fucking hell. I was like, you're not meant to drink in uniform, are you? I guess in the 80s, it's all right. I mean, I mean, maybe that's how he gets free drinks. I don't know. <laughs> um, sheriff. I'm the um, sheriff. Uh, you give me one bourbon and one beer and a vodka <laughs> chaser. Because I'm the sheriff. I'm the sheriff. But he's I'll arrest man. you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll smack you with my baton. Yeah, because cops are freaky like that, I guess. Um, yeah. And he's super stoked to see Nancy, but Nancy's like, oh, I just want to know where Kruger's dead body is. Uh, but he absolutely re- refuses to tell Nancy where the bones are and is like, Nancy, it's all over. Get the hell out of here kind of typical of what he did you know her entire life um, yeah taryn pages dr gordon and lets him know that Kristen has been locked in the quiet room and sedated and that she's really really worried about what's going to happen to Kristen while she's in there um gordon dr gordon says to nancy you go to the hospital um you try and convince dr sims that this is all real this is it's <laughs> not to, just convince her all right um and he says, I'll sort out finding Freddie's remains. So he goes back into the bar and introduces himself to Nancy's father. But in doing so, his introduction is him slamming uh, Mr. Thompson into like a pylon of the pub. And he's like, you need to tell me where the remains are. <laughs> and he's like, if you care if Nancy lives or dies, like blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and that they're going on a scavenger hunt. And I love that because I was like, that's so childlike. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so Donald, who is Nancy's father, uh, directs them to a, uh, sorry, Neil actually goes into the church and <laughs> grabs some holy water and a crucifix. And I love that the priest pops up and he's like, uh, excuse me. And he's like, here, hold my driver's license. Um, I'll, I'll reimburse you for this. Oh, oh yeah. I'll bring this stuff back. Don't worry. It's literally <laughs> just water. Like, it's just water that someone said a prayer over yeah like the priest can just run some from the tap yeah yeah you can just do that again again. (laughs) it's all good and nancy goes over to the hospital and um max is like hey this is my job i can't let you in there but eventually he uh what's the word like um he kind of he kind of gives in yeah he's like all right go in you can go and see the others and say bye to them and they're all in the, the TV room. And she says, this is going to be our last group session. Because, like, this is it. This is the time. This is our time now. So um, Neil and Nancy's dad, whilst they're together, are at a, like, a garage salvage kind of wrecking yard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is also the hiding place of Freddie's remains. I don't know why they do it there. Yeah, it was really weird. I'm like, well, I mean, that's where you put his, his body? In? I don't know. Who's, who's, I wonder whose wrecking yard it was. Um, Nancy tells Kincaid, Will, and Taryn that Joey and Kristen need them because Joey's trapped. He's not dead. He, he's just, his soul is trapped, I believe. Yeah. Um, she lets them know that nobody has to go in and um, it's totally up to them. But if you do go in and you die in the dream world, you're going to die in reality. You'll die in the real world. 
So they're all like, fuck it, let's go. I don't know. <laughs> Me, I'd be like, see ya. I'm, I'm fucking, you can do this. I'm going to chill out. Yeah. I'll play, I'll be watch. I'll watch out for Dr. Sims and Max. Sorry, yeah. Guys. Okay. But I, I love this moment because at this point, it's just like, you know, they're sick of this shit. Yeah. And they're like, they, they want to take that power back in their hands. You know, they want to be free in their dreams again. Yeah. Because where else will they be free? They're in a, they're in a asylum. Um, Nancy counts back from five um, after she tells them to imagine themselves in the quiet room with Kristen. Um, they all wake up in the dream with Kristen, who is super stoked that they're there because she's like, fuck yeah, you're all here. We're in the dream world together. Let's do this. Um, Kristen tells them that Joey, we need to find Joey. Joey needs us. And Nancy asks where he is. At that moment, the padded walls are ripped to shreds by Freddy's claws. The um, I love this because I'm like, oh, pillow fight. Because like when they <laughs> sit in the middle and all like the shredded like um, shit just goes everywhere. I'm like, yeah, oh, it's like a big pillow fight. <laughs> it was like a bunch of like cotton and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, when the padding clears, Kristen is back in her bedroom. She's working on the model house um, the same night of her her you know supposed suicide attempt. Um, her mother bursts in and the night is repeating itself. So she wakes up and she's like, oh, I've had, you know, the most horrible dream. Um, her mum gives her a huge hug telling her, don't worry, it's all good. Um, when she asks her mum to stay, uh, her mum's like, no, I have a guest. Like, you're always ruining everything. Like, um, you always want my attention. No, 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 that's not what happened. Sorry. <laughs> um... Uh, the guest calls out from downstairs and we find out that it's Freddie. Yeah. Freddie comes up and cuts off her mom's head. And then her mom's yelling at her about ruining everything. Yeah. As she's like a decapitated head. <laughs> yeah. I love it's, that so much. It's great. It's so fucking cool. Um, he tries to stab Kristen, but she uses her gold medallion fucking gymnastic skills <laughs> to get out of there. I can do backflips here. Whoa! Um, but I love that she like backflips out the window. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeet myself out of this situation. And instead of landing outside, she lands in the Elm Street house, and you know, uh, on the staircase, you know, really safe. Um, she gets to her feet and calls for Nancy. Um. She is hurt by Taryn, who is trying to find them, but is instead in an alleyway. So they've all been separated at this point. Um, And this is like my favorite like image from the entire film when like a brick wall is behind her and we see that light up sign of like um, Freddie and Taryn in a heart. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, I really love that. Um, He's just, he's just such a, man, Freddie's just such a dick. Yeah, he's an <laughs> asshole. He's a real <laughs> asshole. Um, and I love uh it's really horrible because Freddie shows up and they're in the you know an alley like a dirty alleyway and he says, Welcome home, look familiar. And I was like, Oh my god, you fucking dick. He's the worst. You are the worst person in the entire fucking world. Um, so she, you know, flicks her uh, switchblades out, trying to fight Freddy, stabs him in the stomach, which I was really surprised about. Yeah. Um, 
he asks why they're fighting when they're old friends and he holds up one of his hands which uh instead of blades are syringes full of blue liquid i don't know what the blue liquid is because i guess it looks yeah. good the neon lights <laughs> um yeah uh Taryn tries to get away as injection marks on her arms begin to suck. Freddie plunges both sets of syringes into Taryn, throwing her aside dead, and as he does, says, what a rush. <laughs> and I was like, Oof. that yeah. is probably what the most brutal death that I saw, like, in all of them, just because I find addiction to be so incredibly important and not like such a taboo subject. So to see, you know, a drug addict be treated that way, I'm like, no. Yeah, no, it, 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 it is. It's really rough. Yeah. Yeah, and it's sad. Yeah, and I, I, I do like Taryn because you know, like yeah. I said, I relate to her so much. But I'm just like, really, like that's so fucking brutal. That's messy. <laughs> yeah. Will finds himself in a long passageway he calls to the others and in return hears Freddie laughing. He turns around to find a wheelchair. Freddie invited him to sit, reminding he will be back in it when he wakes up. Which I was like... Once again, Freddie, man. Fucking jerk. <laughs> Why are you mean? So mean? He is so mean in this movie. He is, he is, and it's just like you're gonna kill him anyway. Why are you gonna just? But I'm so mean. It's like he just he he just gets off on this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Will refuses to let Freddie get to him, and he calls on his wizard master powers. So he rises to his feet and he shouts, "In the name of Lauric, Prince of Elves, Demon be gone!" And he like conjures up like this massive green like light that he throws at Freddy and he oh he's sorry he's got it and he's running towards Freddy who grabs him and uh Freddy basically says I don't believe in fairy tales whatever <laughs> and like stabs Will in the chest with his blades the, the dream demon that doesn't believe in fairy tales no <laughs> what the fuck dream demon who doesn't believe in elves and magic that doesn't make yeah. sense to me <laughs> Uh, Kristen continues to search for others and eventually finds Nancy. Um, the <laughs> the wall in like between two rooms begins to break and Kincaid is revealed using his yeah. super strength to reunite them. He just Kool-Aid mans through that wall. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, hey guys. What's going on? What, what, what are you guys been up to? Um, they are all super stoked that they found one another and Kincaid calls out to Freddy. Um, a door to the boiler room appears and Nancy leads them through down to a spiral staircase to search for Freddy. So she obviously knows where she's got to go. Yeah. Like, we got to go this way. He's he's in a fucking boiler hot. Fucking imagine how hot it'd be in there. Yeah. I mean, that's his go-to. This man likes, loves being in boiler rooms. So too hot for me. No, thanks. <laughs> Yuck. Um, Neil and Donald, Mr. Thompson are at the salvage yard and they found the spot where they need to be. And um, they find a car, like a the red Cadillac that Freddy Krueger, you know, is so famous for. Um, yeah. And he opens the boot after quite a struggle. And basically Freddy Krueger is in a, like a Hessian sack. <laughs> Just like fucking randomly. <laughs> um 
Neil tries to get out of there, but, oh, sorry, Donald tries to get out of there and Neil's like, mm, no, I have the keys to the car. You're not going anywhere. Um, and he says to him, you're going to attend a, a funeral? And says, this one is long overdue. Basically, like, you know, burning Freddy yeah. Krueger. Uh, Nancy, Kincaid, um, and Kristen have reached the bottom of this spiral staircase to find Joey basically like hung over a hell pit yeah yeah i can't he's not tired or anything is he i don't oh he's yeah the tongues yeah yeah oh yeah tongue yeah. still got him he's still ah. chilling over this this hell who, who knows how long he's been there oh yuck uh freddie appears and nancy tells him to let joey go like that like yeah sure no you know what nancy i've had a change of mind I've had a change of heart. I've changed my mind. I'm a different man now. Yeah, like, now, that you, now that you say that, you know, now, what? I've been too right. harsh on you guys. Yeah, let's be friends. Yeah. Uh, no, and that's not how he did things. He undoes the tongue bindings. Uh, but basically, uh, Joey does begin to fall. And Nancy reaches him just in time to stop him from falling into the hell pit. Kristen attacks Freddie and Kincaid pulls Nancy and Joey to safety away from the hell pit. Uh, Kincaid strikes Freddie with a large, uh, like a like just a random pipe. Yeah, it was like, yeah, I think it was, yeah, it was, it was a pipe, yeah. It looked heavy. He was strong. Strong is the word, strong I think. Kincaid. Strong Kincaid. Strong man Kincaid. And when Freddie grabs, and Freddie grabs him by the throat, Nancy drives a thin lead pipe through him. I love that he doesn't even he like pretends to be shocked and then has yeah. like this really gruesome smile on his face. Um and then he he's holding Kincaid by the throat still and he just like pulls his throat out and he's like yeah. Yeah. That was brutal. Shocks him. Yeah. Um Nancy is a little bit worried because Freddie's become quite strong and he's like hell yeah because of all the souls of the children that I've been killing I am super super powerful now and he like pulls his jumper up to show all the screaming faces of children on his stomach yeah and that I was, was pretty like oh. <laughs> yeah that was so fucking gross <laughs> Uh, and he basically disappears, causing Kincaid to flop, fall on like, fall on the ground dead. In the real world, Neil and Mr. Thompson, are, they've dug a grave. They're ready. I don't know why they just didn't burn it. I don't. Oh, because they've got to bury it. Okay, don't yeah, scrap that, everyone. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> I was like, I'd just throw salt on it and burn it. But I forgot they've got to bury it. They stop at, uh, when Neil hears noises and after Donald's like, no, nah, keep going. It's, uh, it's all good. Um, they're alone. We're all good. All the cars begin to come to life. There's lights flashing. Boots are opening and shutting and slamming. Um, horns are blasting. And Donald's like, fucking bury him. Like, <laughs> what are you, hurry, why is this taking yeah, let, so let, long? Let's just get this shit done. Let's... <laughs> um, but as Neil tries to... Uh, go and pick up the remains. The skeleton reanimates, uh, taking swipes at him with his bladed hand. Why did they bury him with the hand in case this yeah, kind of so, shit happens? Like, this, this scene to me, I'm like, this is like, I mean, a lot of goofy stuff happens in this movie. Mm. Fine. But then it's just like, now we got skeleton Freddy Krueger in the real world. 
with his little blade hand. With his and now they're now they're fighting a they're fighting a reanimated skeleton. It's so fucking insane. It's like, what are you doing? Um, Donald, who I think is still drunk at this point, because he's like, Oh, it's it's really you. I killed you once before, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and he's got like drunk courage because he like attacks uh the Freddy Krueger skeleton, but ends up impaled on like a spike of metal. Yeah, he didn't um, really think that one. Through. He didn't really think it's right. This is what I mean about like it's Dutch courage, isn't that what they call alcohol? <laughs> Dutch courage. Is, it, is that what they call it? I don't know. I think so. Uh, Neil is trying to fight off the skeleton with a shovel um, and uh, he hits it with a spade and knocks it into the grave. So, Oh no, sorry, Neil ends up because Freddy's skeleton is like fucking putting, like burying Neil. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was just so good. <laughs> He's like, I got you. In you go. Oh we go. Um so the skeleton collapses and Freddy returns to the dream world. So he was controlling his body in the real world. Nancy, Kristen, Kincaid. I don't know why Kincaid's back in my notes. He's dead. Um, uh, he, no, he, he, he survived. He survived the throat? Yeah. Being pulled out? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, he survived. Yeah, I mean, he's in the next movie too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fuck, I'm dumb. Sorry, everybody. I did rewatch this only the other day. <laughs> you can thank my short-term memory for this. This is why I have to go on to like Wikipedia and um, because if I wrote just like shorthand notes, I'd have fucking no idea what I'm talking about. I need like a proper synopsis. Otherwise I'm like, uh, I wrote this. I don't know what that means. Yeah, no, I feel that entirely. <laughs> so um, they're walking through the the house again and it is because the walls are all red and there's like a lot of mirrors because i know that um yeah freddie creates like a mirror kind of land that they're in because i got really i always get confused in this part yeah um but i love that he apologizes for making them wait and says if only there was more of me to go around (laughs) and i'm like no no so and so cheeky, he appears in like Kruger. yeah he appears in all the mirrors um uh, and he's just like maniacally laughing and I'm like what the fuck is this um so Joey who is terrified is backing away into a corner uh the Freddy the Freddy Freddies who are in the mirrors grab everyone dragging them into the mirror and Joey smashes all the mirrors freeing everyone yeah um, doesn't he he screams right yeah, he's screaming. Like Joey, like, he, he finds no his one. voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot Joey's yeah. the one that doesn't speak. Yeah. yeah, and so he smashes all the mirrors and saves everyone. And they are all like, fuck yeah, this is over. Yeah, right. Um, Mr. Thompson appears telling Nancy that he has crossed over. But he couldn't go without telling her that he's sorry for, you know, ignoring her, all the bad things he's done, and that he really loves her. And um, Nancy hugs her father, who then gasps as he turns into Freddy and plunges his claws into her stomach, yelling, die, as he pushes the blades in deeper. Well, he doesn't like that, Nancy. He fucking really hates Nancy, doesn't he? Yeah, really, really, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck with you one more time. Yeah. <laughs> it's so sad, because I was like, oh, that sucks. Fuck. Yeah. Um, Neil wakes up 
half buried in the grave. <laughs> He's like, oh, this is fucking dirt. Get me out of here. Um, <clears throat> Kristen is screaming as Freddy closes the door behind her. Um, basically to separate her from Kincaid and Joey. And he says, you're mine now, little piggy. And he like, I love how he just like tosses Nancy to the side. He's just so comically gross. Yeah. He's just like, oh, fuck it, you're dead. See ya. Oh, gonna, <laughs> get, <laughs> get off me. He's just so um, maniacal and he just loves it. He's just nuts, isn't he? He's, it's just like, what are you, who are you? This is why Robert England. I mean, it's just like that guy... He, I, yeah, I can't, I can't see anyone else be Freddy. Oh, no, absolutely not. And I think that I've kind of locked that remake out of my head. Like, I don't even remember, because I've only seen it once. So I don't remember yeah. who played Freddy Krueger at all. Like, I don't even yeah, remember I mean, the dude, like. I forget who it is too, but I know, I recognize him as a good actor. Like I said earlier, it's just like, he just happened to be in a bad movie. Yeah. And I'm sure true. he tried his best. He did. He gets a, yeah. like, a participation achievement, like, Good yeah. on you for trying, but they just shouldn't have bothered bringing back that movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he pushes Kristen to the floor. Um, he has his arm raised above her and he's about to stab her when Nancy uh, grabs his arm and basically forces his blades to stab himself uh, in the side, I think, and it like goes right into him. Yeah. Uh, Neil scrambles out of the grave and he's like, I love how he's like, um, how he's, you know, how you like do a soccer pass where you're like, he's like kicking all the bones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To the grave. He's like, oh, get the fuck in there. (laughs) And he's like, splat. And he's like, not even like rushing at this. He's like, oh, just uh, sprinkle on some, you know, some holy water. Um, And when he does this, uh, a holy light appears. Um, on Freddy's torso, the bones. Uh, while this is happening, Nancy is once more just like thrown to the side by Freddy um, and it lands by Kristen. Neil is still splashing. This is what I mean about he's like still just splashing just do the it, holy dude. water. Just, 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 Fucking just empty it. it. Just empty yeah. it. Um, <laughs> he's reciting ashes to ashes, dust to dust. I lay this spirit to rest. He places the crucifix on his head causing Freddy to spin and explode in a... This was so campy, this bit. (laughs) Causing Freddy to spin and explode in a ball of golden light, a cross of light on his forehead. This I was like... I feel like I'm at some kind of, like, glitter show. It it, kind of becomes a different movie a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's kind of like, what is happening here? Um... Kristen is crying and ho- uh, like she's holding um, Nancy's body. Uh, Kincaid breaks down the door and Kristen is like yelling that she won't let Nancy die and will, you know, dream her into a beautiful dream. And I cried in this scene the it's, other day. Yeah, it's a very sweet yeah. touching scene. Yeah. Especially because Nancy believed so much in Kristen and was like, you can do this. Like, I know you've got these special abilities. And Kristen's like, well, thank you for recognizing that in me. Now I'm going to put you somewhere very special. Yeah, that is, um, so, oh man. Yeah. Pouring uh, out for, for Nancy, everyone. Oh, yeah, thank you. Re- rest in peace, Nancy. Um, so they all attend Nancy's funeral and he t- <laughs> kneels there, his arm's broken, he's got a sling on and he turns around to see the fucking nun walking through the graveyard. 
and he follows her to talk to her but she disappears um he looks down at the grave that he is standing in front of to see that it's amanda kruger's and also bears the name sister mary helena revealing the nun to be the ghost of freddy kruger's mom the movie ends there which Um, is does it end right there no there's like a like an additional scene in some and so in the notes that i have um, yeah it says here that Neil sleeps as the shot reveals that he is now in possession of the Malaysian dream doll and Kristen's model of Elm Street house. As he sleeps, the bedroom light in the model house comes on, hinting that right. Freddie might be back. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't remember if that happened in the end of mine or not. I no, that, that definitely did happen in the end of mine. I just completely yeah. just forgot, even though <laughs> I saw it only, only some hours ago. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hi. ADHD, you're not welcome here. Yeah, no, I might have also been playing The Binding of Isaac on my Switch at the same time. <laughs> I'm always on my phone while I'm watching a movie, so I'm like, did I really watch the movie? Yeah. Or was I on Twitter shit posting? <laughs> what was I doing? So that is uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, the best out of the end. Although I do like a new nightmare. I'm not going to lie. New, yeah, new nightmare is cool. I fucking love that new, movie. Yeah. But so um, cool. this one just... Yeah, no, like when I rewatched it a couple of months ago and I was just like thinking like, how does this movie like treat its like teenagers? And I'm just like, yeah. oh God, like this is actually like, this is really good. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, um, no, it, they do provide it, perspectives that are from a variety of different um, issues that teenagers do experience if they do, yeah. you know, like, you know, children and, you know, developing into teenagers, developing into adults, like the levels of adversity that kids go through is insane and then still manage to become an adult at the end. And I think that yeah. A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 definitely explores that and, you know, the difficulty of turning into an adult. Yeah, and it's really, um, maybe it's just, yeah, because I'm older now and I'm watching and I'm watching this again, all that stuff, like, was prominent to me. I mean, of course, I probably the first time I saw it, I'm like, oh, cool horror movie. But um, no, they really do a lot of things with these characters. And they, I, I love all these characters. I think they're all yeah. great. Um, yeah yeah um the attention that this film pays to them and just the respect of like you know these 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 young people you know growing going through those growing pains of feeling misunderstood and i feel like that's so relatable yeah yeah and i and i and i love this movie for i mean the movie has some like that whole shit with the nun man i'm just like (laughs) it could have been anybody why was it a nun but like the movie that so that could have not been in the movie and it would have been fine it would have made sense it still would have made yeah. sense it still would have been it made, would have made sense this is just i guess like at this point in the series we got to pepper some lore yeah i mean Kruger. like when you think about um you know five freddy's dead like the amount of lore that they go into for that is amazing like i i really love the exposition that that provides but like one two and three don't really like necessarily do that sorry one mm-hmm. and two don't necessarily do that but three yeah. like full goes into like he's a dream demon um but then you don't really see how much he did to become this dream demon until like number five and it's like yeah. is it number five? Hold, uh, let me let me think because I, because so after this because there's because i did the, the dream warriors is a trilogy right because there's dream warriors there's dream master and there's dream child so yeah. then I'm guessing Freddy, Freddy's dead might be actually, might actually be six, yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't the, know. The other like every single one of them is on my streaming service, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, that's kind insane. Of, yeah, five and um, f- what was it? Four and five kind of bleed together for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't find them terribly interesting. Um, there's there's a couple there's cool kills in that one, but like I I, I feel like just like just hitting um the experience of these characters uh like three three does a great job yeah um whether it was i i mean i have to imagine it was intentional you just don't do that on accident um anyway so what's the last horror movie you watched uh hold on i'm gonna do this because uh are you going to Letterboxd? Of course we're going to Letterboxd. <laughs> I don't remember what I... Letterboxd is amazing for this shit. I don't know yeah. what the fuck I watch. And then I go like, something like, what have, what have you seen recently? I'm like, let me check on Letterboxd. What have I, I seen gotta, recently? I, gotta, I, I haven't been updating remember. mine. I really should get back into it. It's super... Like, I don't write reviews, so it's super easy for me to update. Yeah. It's just like, I watch the movie, here are my stars, whatever, and then I move yeah. on to the rest of my day. I do the same. Uh, is it Diary? Yeah. What was the last movie? Uh, I don't remember that, so I'm not going to mention that. I did see Antlers. <laughs> oh, that's what I—that's the last one I watched as well. Yeah, yeah. I was not thrilled at all. Same. Yeah, but I thought it, it was kind of boring. I did like the way that they discussed classism in it. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. No, the, like, yeah, that was really cool. It, it's super disappointing because there's a lot of really cool bits like the the, the struggle of alcoholism addiction um, poverty Jix, yeah yeah um jesse Plemons, great actor yeah fantastic uh, yeah i mean i f- i wish he was utilized more in that it, yeah it was kind of terrifying weird they, it was he has like yeah, he has this thing about him <laughs> where he's like he's really he seems like nice but it's just like oh man You're but it's me. like there's something behind that all that's <laughs> yeah. fucking really creepy but like yeah it's it just you. weird to me that they casted him in, in in that film and not utilize him and yeah. i mean yeah i mean uh, at least in my 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 eyes i'm like he, he's a he's a very good actor uh yeah so um i thought the monster was cool i thought the wendigo itself was pretty cool yeah but yeah i, I guess maybe it's just the pacing of the movie that i i was just like ah. Uh, it was beautifully filmed though like yeah. it was stunning and i was I, I wasn't even in the least bit surprised because um you know having del toro work as your producer you know you're gonna have you know a very certain aesthetic you know applied to the film it, it it was underwhelming. I, I just felt like all all these elements are great, but the execution was just underwhelming. Um, which is yeah, that was that was a hard one for me because I'm just like, man, I really want to like this movie more. Yeah, but I'm gonna rewatch not... it a couple of times and see if yeah. like maybe my perception changes a little bit because like I've got to remember that Del Toro doesn't necessarily um, produce like straight up horror. Like yeah. his stuff is creepy and discerning. And, you know, I think that this filmmakers, um, you know, their techniques really match what Del Toro does in his production and, and his advice for filmmakers. And so I know not to expect that if Del Toro is working on it. Like mm-hmm. it's not going to be a terrifying film. Well, well that's, a, I mean, you got to. But monster. the monster's going to be kick ass. And you know yeah, that. Much. It's got it's to <laughs> be a monster movie. It's like, you know, a monster yeah. movie's got to be a monster movie. Yeah. Um, yeah yeah i mean yeah uh 
Yeah, no, I'm definitely gonna rewatch it to see how. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah I'm gonna watch like, like you said. I've got the Blu-ray, so I'm gonna like watch the comment with the commentary and and, yeah. and whatnot, and see you know um, different perspectives of the filmmaking and the writing process and stuff. And um, I don't know who wrote the film. I'm pretty sure the guy who directed it wrote the film is somebody else. I'm not 100 okay. percent sure, but um, yeah, and it's definitely. I found it odd that it's an indigenous story but focuses on white people. So I'm just like. I don't like I don't know much about this story in general so I was like okay mm-hmm. but I get that you know the story was about you know a hunter walking into the woods being a cannibal like a cannibal and then that consuming them and that could happen to anyone I'm guessing so yeah I mean like, but I, I mean you also have to also look at marketability I mean that's always a factor in, in, in yeah. casting and things like that um mm. the, the the other movie I enjoy I mean it's completely fucking whitewash but uh ravenous I haven't seen that, but oh, I, have, that, yeah. I have wanted to watch it. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's about the Wendigo and that's like, that movie's really cool. Like just how they, you know, they do that. Yeah. Um, but I would like to see more things on the Wendigo. Wendigo's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Have absolutely. you played Until Dawn? Um, okay. So I'm about to start writing because this episode won't come out until mid-January, but yeah. I will be writing for a video game outlet called player2.net they're an Australian video game outlet and basically what I'm doing is an editorial series of me playing my horror games backlog and uh because I am terrified of horror games and Until Dawn is the first game that I'm gonna play (laughs) it's it's awesome it it is such a good time and what's great about that game too is that you'll 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 get through it in a couple of hours it's one of those games that's just like it's supposed to feel like you're going through a movie narrative like you're in a horror movie so it's not too lengthy and it's made for multiple playthroughs. Uh, it, it's that, that game's a really good time. Yeah. So, awesome. Yeah, you're, That's what my brain needs to hear. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be, yeah. I, I, I think especially as like a, like a horror enthusiast as yourself, a horror film enthusiast, I don't think there's anything that's going to come out as particularly scary. I mean, this is, this is straight up a horror, this is straight up a horror movie. Okay. That makes me feel a yeah. lot more comfortable because horror yeah. games just terrify me. Yeah. Like, I talked about that on my podcast. We were just <laughs> talking about just horror and stuff. And I was just like, I just mentioned like, oh, God, no, like I love horror movies, or horror, horror video games. I got a bunch. I haven't finished <laughs> because I'm scared as hell. Oh, yeah. so where can listeners find you and the uh, Scary Friends, Scaring Friends podcast? So social media. Uh, we are on Twitter. You can find us there at Scary Friend Pod. Uh, you could also email us at Scary Friend Podcast at gmail.com. Finally, I, 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 I love to say this now. You can find us on every major platform Spotify, <laughs> Apple, Google, Stitcher. Hell yeah. Top. I, I can't name them all. There's like eight of them. <laughs> I just there. hit the button on Pinecast and I'm like, yeah, do that. Whatever that is. Apple was, Apple is like, man, they're rough. Oh, they fuck around. Yeah. And you find out. They yeah. fuck around you find out. You yeah. find out. I found out. It took us yeah. a while, but I'm so happy to say that you can listen to Scary Friends, Scaring Friends awesome. on Apple. So you'll have to leave a rating and review. Uh, so everyone go and listen, leave a rating and review. Uh, it's a fantastic podcast. It cracks me up because obviously Felipe, uh, I love horror films. His friends, not so much. <laughs> and, and they're and usually just, drunk. So it's Yeah, great. we're drunk. So the, the banter is just, <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. It is, it is absurd. <laughs> I love it. Well, um, thank you for joining me again. I love this movie and I'm so glad we finally got to talk about it. Yes. It's, uh, it's a pleasure as always. Of course.
Um, and thank you, listeners. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave a rating and review where you listen to your podcasts. Obviously, only in places you can leave a rating and review. I don't know why Spotify is so against it. Anyway, catch yeah. the latest from me. You can find me on Twitter at catstead underscore on Instagram at cattjf. To see all the latest news from the podcast, you can find the account, the, the, the TGIF account, on Twitter at TGIF Podcast. You've been listening to TGIF. See you next Friday.